Welcome to the family, the Tom Bernard Show podcast. Pinch hitting for Tom is Doug Sprinthal, and I'm joined in studio by Andy Brant Bernard and Melissa Bernard. So it's going to be amateur hour. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Tom was called away unexpectedly at the last moment, so uh, yes, we're going to do the best we can about noon or shortly after when Car Selling Secrets starts, and maybe a little before we'll be joined in studio by Larry Moon Thompson of the Moon and Stacy KS95 fame. Uh, looking forward to that. We'll be right back after these exciting announcements. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Well, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? And I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Well, we'll be talking about Walzer. Yes, we will. For the next two and a half hours. Now, this is just a, a little plea for uh, people to reach out to me directly at dougatwalzer.com. We have several open positions at our reconditioning center, which is located in the e in Egan, just a little bit west of the new uh, Vikings area. The reconditioning center is where all our used cars go uh, before we offer them to sale. It's from paint reconditioning, mechanical, the pictures get taken, all that sort of stuff. We have run two shifts there. We need some parts counter people. We need some detailers. Uh, we have full and part-time openings for drivers. These are the people that shuttle the cars back and forth. A lot of retired people like to do that because it gets them out of the house for a little bit. If you want more information, uh, email me directly at Doug at Walzer.com, and I will connect you with the right people. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. I actually have a Walzer experience that I can relay. Well, hopefully it's good. <laughs> the Walzer part was fine. Tell us about it, Everything else part was not fine. Uh, I sold my car to uh, Walzer Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Oh, that's right. So you reduced it to a one-car family. Yep. Sure did. You're going back to the 40s. You know, when the suburbs <laughs> yep. first were built and they had one-car garages? That's right. Oh, well, You're retro. Most of our neighborhood has one-car garages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> our garage is technically two, but it's a very tight two. No. And it, it is not a two when you have an entire house worth of furniture in it. You no, know, we've been buying a lot of cars from people in the last few months, similar situations to you guys, more COVID-related, I think, for most people, yeah. with people realizing they're going to be working from home for... God you know, knows how long, yeah. You know, Ford is telling some of their execs it'll be a, a year. Yeah. Um, Why make all those car payments when you're not even using your car? Right. Yeah. right. So, Which, yeah, the uh, actual sale went fine. I just went in and they looked at it and they said okay here's the offer i think maybe we were in there for a half an hour 
So, Max, yeah. yeah, it doesn't take very long. You, no, a lot of that not. stuff can be done over the phone. They do eventually have to do a yeah. physical inspection to make yeah. sure you're not crazy. Yes, they do. Make sure we weren't you lying. You said it was perfect. You didn't tell me there were dead bodies in the trunk. and <laughs> They're well hidden. Yeah, we only got a little bit little bit knocked off um, just a couple because little we forgot. Dents. We didn't realize there were some, well, A, he hadn't washed his car in like a year. Oh, oh GM. So when we washed the car before taking it, we noticed like a pretty decent sized dent <laughs> in the happens. side of his car. Yeah. And we were like, oh, we didn't put that on the thing. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like a quarter sized yeah. dent. It's probably just yeah. a piece of hail or something. Well, I'm yeah. glad that it worked out. What was the bad parts? Uh, so we moved, and in the process, we lost the title uh, and the lien release. And oh, that's right. Release. You told me that. But <laughs> yeah. they printed you a title on the spot? Yeah. Title? Yeah, they printed on the spot. See, but you we told were, me that. That's something new. Yeah, I, had I not, think, didn't know they had the ability to Everyone at Walzer was like, oh, yeah, it's going to take you like three weeks to get a new title. Yeah. But then we went there, and she, yeah, she just printed it right off. The only – we got very lucky because apparently they are just booked out months but this one in. specific time slot they had open, and we got it. So wow! Yeah, Lucky almost us. like I think somebody must have canceled <clears throat> yeah. their probably their day. lean release. We're still waiting on. Pro tip: Don't lose your title no. or your lean release. Do not. Yeah. And actually, best tip is when you do get your lean released from your car, go do it right away. <laughs> Just go get, get it, off it done. The title. Get yeah. it off the title, because then you only have one thing you got to keep track of. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. You can do it that way. It's not net. As long as you don't lose the lean release, you don't yeah. need to change your title. Yeah. Well, yeah, but um, I mean, we thought it's like you know, you go in there and they just print it out. You are your no. father's son. That's true. He has lost more paperwork from yep. the cars I sold him. <laughs> I think I registered it in Florida, but I don't, it must be Minnesota. Yeah. Where would have I have left it? I said, Tom, I've been to your house twice. I don't know where you keep stuff. <laughs> Doug, which one's the file drawer? Right. The one that says, don't look in here. Yeah. The talk and text line is open, 561-228-4061. 561-228-4061. So we're just going to do open forum here. Well, we wait for Moon to arrive in about half an hour. and Dave will be on Oh, that's right. Darkness Dave. I haven't yeah. talked Darkness to him Dave. in a long time. It's been a, well, he's been Well, he's busy. a hot shot now. Yeah, he's all over the country. It's funny because wow. um, now he's he's working on the show called The Holzer Files, yep. and I think they're filmed in Europe recently, didn't he? I think he's gone all over the world for that. And Let's it's funny, see. before they... Signed up for that show. He had called me because we lived pretty. Cl- we lived pretty close to each other in Dakota County, and because hey, let's do a let's do a podcast about rock musicians that die mysteriously. And I thought you know it'd actually be kind of fun. I'm not really into the whole <laughs> mysterious death part, but I like yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, hey, well, now now they're starting to just die of natural causes. That's you know, true. Eddie Van Halen. It's no surprise when somebody dies of cancer that smoked four packs of cigarettes a day. It yeah, was for forty that wasn't 30 a shock. years. Yeah, that's true. R.I.P. Eddie. Yeah. Well, I mean, he definitely had a full life. So, yeah. hey, You can't ask for too much more than that. Yeah. That. Well, yeah. Can't ask for much more than you know, front man for Van Halen. Yeah, 60, how old was he, 64 or 65 seems old to you guys because you're just, nah, just over 30. That's really not that old that's these days. That's It's going it, to seem young before too long. Well, think about it. He like, was 65, yep. Yeah, Almost Tom's exactly. older than him. Yeah. That's not that old. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, let's but not be it, nice to Tom's just because he skipped out on the show. It's the mileage, as they say. <laughs> that's and right. I'm pretty sure Eddie put on a lot of mileage. I can't say for sure, but, you know. 
It's a well, sneaking I suspicion. He sobered up, I believe, a number of years ago, but he did. He was. The band was somewhat uneven, just like Led Zeppelin was. And Jimmy yeah. Page had drank quite a bit uh, and also sobered up a number of years ago. And I only saw Van Halen once, and it was, I thought it was six years ago, but somebody corrected me and said it was 2012. I took my uh, two oldest boys to see him. I think mm. I got the tickets through KQ, actually, if I remember right. We might have sat in the box, which is groovy. Oh, you get yeah. free bologna sandwiches on you know, KQ, really That's goes true, all you out. Do. But he was terrific. He was sober as the judge and just played his ass off. Mm. Now, Diamond Dave was uh, horrible. Yeah? <laughs> so he couldn't mm. sing anymore. And he was never a great singer, although he had that signature scream. He did. But he also tried to do all those leaping kung fu moves, oh. which is kind of cool when you're 22 yeah. and limber and flexible and have some power when you're... 58, you, it looked like a scarecrow being attacked by a leaf blower. It was, not, it was not a good look. You can see right through him in parts. Do you guys go to a lot of concerts or any, or do you have bands that you like? I have never been to a concert. Are you kidding me? In my life. <laughs> That's stunning. Is it, though? Well, not really. It's well, not that often. It's not that stunning. You're a curious person. I mean, you have you have a lot of curiosity. I would think that you would have... At least checked one out. He doesn't I mean, I've been like, to, like crowds. Yeah, though. I've been to I've been to stuff. You know, I've been to plays and I've been to you know I've been to baseball games, football games, etc. Just but never rock shows. Just huh? yeah, never a concert. I don't know. You know, they, they've changed a little bit. They're a little bit more civil than when I was yeah. a when I was a young person. There is they used that to have general thing, admission, yeah. so you could just crowd the stage and yeah. just coke it up. Uh, well, I didn't do that, but yeah, some people <laughs> did. But in this, it, that was kind of common in the '70s until yes. it was a Who show, and I, I want to say it was '79 or '80 that a whole bunch of people got trampled to death in oh. Cleveland or Cincinnati. Look that up and let's test my memory. The Who trampling. The Who concert disaster, December third, nineteen seventy-nine. Okay. There Memory's still working. The the long term is. Yeah, there was a crush. Uh, Eleven people died. Wow. Jeez. So they dumped general admission tickets after that because uh -huh. you used to be able to go to see yep. these bands for well by seventy nine they were probably ten bucks but I saw a lot of great bands for five dollars in the early seventies, wow. and if you got there early enough and if you were fifteen you didn't have anything else to do, you just get as close to the stage as you could and stand there for three or four hours. It's right. I don't like huh. doing that anymore. No. We. Uh, there's a new venue in St. Paul. It's not new anymore. It's probably three or four years old called the Palace. And the main floor, there's no chairs in it. It's kind of like a retro, post-apocalyptic. They took this old theater and gutted it and then stripped yeah. some of the bricks off the walls and stuff. But I went to a couple shows and stood through them. I'm like, I'm just too old to do this. So now yeah. I pay to sit up in the balcony well, yeah. with all the other old white people. I love, like, I love going to like the state theater for yep. concerts because you're everybody gets to sit yeah that's <laughs> if right they want to you know and you can stand but like you have the choice to stand or sit and if you go to the x unless you're in the first i don't know 25 rows or so you're really watching tv right because you're yeah. watching the screens the whole time and the, the, yeah. the sound is great there but it's you're yeah. right i like those the 500 smaller. to a thousand mm -hmm. seaters that's yeah. The last concert I went to was, uh, what? who is it? Who's that band? <laughs> Backstreet Boys? No. Pentatonix? No. Um, 
they, she sweet, likes Pentatonix. Sweet child of mine. Oh, oh Guns wow. and Roses. Yes, thank you. Oh. At at U.S. Bank, and it was awful. It was literally That's what I heard. Awful. I heard it was very. If you not were good. not, I, I, apparently, if you were not on the floor, all you heard was echo. Yeah. Mm. And I, we were up. You know, we were up pretty far, and all we heard was <clears throat> you could hear it coming, and then you would hear it again. I've heard over that, and over that complaints of that. Actually, the Terrible. old Met Stadium was that bad too. There was a famously the Grateful Dead and Bob Dylan played a double bill there which would have been a great oh. concert to go to I didn't go to it but it just but it sounded echoey. horrible I've only mm. before that I hadn't I had never gone to a Metrodome um, concert I had only ever gone to XL or the small theaters so. yeah the hockey rinks for some reason sound better I, I don't know but they're, they're smaller for sure I mean yeah that the XL probably seats what 15,000 and and U.S. Bank, it's depending on what they do with the floor, could yeah. probably hold 60 or 70. Yeah. So yeah. it's three or four times as big, which is more of a sound nightmare, right. I suppose. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> I think if you're going to spend however many billions of dollars on a new stadium, just do a sound check first before you finalize the well, plans. Yeah, you would think that, well, yeah. especially with the Put some extra sound paneling computers up. available for designing yeah. stuff. It's uh, Oh, yeah, but, you can do, yeah, you can do acoustic checks like that through computers no problem but it's just a, and it's a beautiful stadium it's way better looking than the yeah. old met but it still proves that um uh construction and architects see what happens you know when all the panels started falling off the buildings this yeah. is the typical uh fight the construction companies say it's a bad design and the architects say well you didn't install it mm -hmm. right we right. had a couple of dealerships one of them that leaked water for four or five years and this was I don't know. This is probably a two or three million dollar building. I'm guessing, and we just watched the the contractor and the architect fight back and forth. And I, oh I got the the architect became a friend of mine, and I used to tease him. Says, so "Good thing you don't design submarines, otherwise they'd all be on the bottom of the ocean." <laughs> We're going to take a little break right now, and we'll be right back with more of the family podcast. Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, this is a tough time for businesses, not only in the Twin Cities, but all over right now. Can you tell me a little bit about what North American Banking Company is doing for your customers? Tommy at the bank, we're helping businesses with all of our tools at our disposal. Lenders are working as long as it takes with our customers to help them through these tough times. We've processed well over 300 loans for customers and funded over $70 million through the SBA's Paycheck Protection Program. Through our payment deferment program, our current customers were able to skip one, two, or even four payments with no penalty. Finally, being a locally owned and operated bank, we're able to move quickly and take action for our customers when they need us most. Why not bank with my banker? God, I can't tell you how great <laughs> it is working with Billski. Did you record that, Andy? Could you send that to me? North American <laughs> Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. We are back with a family. Doug Sprinthal pinch hitting for the notorious Tom Bernard who was called away unexpectedly. We're just going to let people wonder what he's really up to. I hear that he's going to work for the evil neighbor, but that's just a rumor. 
the evil neighbor. They He's going to do middays on W. That, that's what KQ's show used to call WCCO. CCO's oh, brand was yep. called The Good Neighbor, so making fun of them. Uh, this is, I think Tony Lee might have started it in the 90s, started calling him the evil neighbor. It's a very 90s Tony Lee right. thing. And to doing do, promos so. like yep. old people that, you know, it's like, is that a tornado warning? Anyway, <laughs> joining us, a uh, fellow South Dakota resident and close personal friend, uh, Darkness Dave Schrader is with us. How are you doing, David? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you all? Man, it's been so long since I've talked to you. You're like an international superstar. Uh, well, or I'm just on the lamb from the law. It's uh, one or the other. It, yeah, it's been a while. I'm, I'm glad we're finally able to catch up and then stop by. I hope Uncle Tommy's all right with uh, whatever called him away in the last minute, but I'm glad to be here with you guys. It's super mysterious. You're into mystery. Maybe you could uh, find some spirits to follow him around. <laughs> I think he heard I was going to be on the show. <laughs> that might be it. Take the day off. <laughs> so what's new? What are you up to? What's going on with Holzer Files? Well, Holzer Files, Season 2, returns on October 29th on the Travel Channel. Our first debut episode is going to be a little later than normal because uh, there's a special two-hour ghost adventures where they go investigate Joe Exotic's zoo. Oh, oh. wow. Mm. Which is known to be very strange and haunted. If you watch the Tiger King series, you'll understand why they're going there and what ghosts they may be trying to communicate with. Uh, perhaps murder victims, accidental deaths, and so on. And then our show debuts right after that. And then every Thursday we're back on, I think it's at 9 p.m. Central. Uh, we're going to continue investigating <clears throat> very strange cases. But I love the stories we get involved in this year because a lot of it has a lot to do with history. I mean, we are at the Surratt Tavern, which is where John Wilkes Booth rode immediately after assassinating President Lincoln. I didn't know we that. So he shoots the president and then goes to a bar? Well, they, that was one of their safe houses along oh, the way. Oh. They went there, and Booth had broken his leg and was hoping to get tended to by a doctor that was waiting. And uh, so we go into that case. We go to the conference house, which is where Benjamin Franklin met uh, to try to negotiate peace. Um, and really kind of that was a turning point for our country because they promised him and the other attendees all of this grandeur. If you, if you just stop fighting us, and, and come aboard, the king has promised that, you know, we can give you dukedoms and, and, and all kinds of proper titles and pay you well. And Washington couldn't attend that. And he said, Ben, you talk with them, you work it out. Whatever you decide, I'm good with. And Franklin stood his ground and said, no, my good friend, we are not going to, to bow. So uh, that's it. And he said, well, then we'll see you later when we kill you, and, and took off. And, of course, you know, had, had that gone any other way, we might be... Uh, dealing with King Trump right now instead of President Trump. So you, you just never know how, how history would twist and turn if a simple decision had gone a different way. I learned some interesting things about uh, our founding father, Mr. Franklin. I watched an excellent uh, uh, show on HBO. It's probably 10 years old called Adams, and Paul Giamatti plays John Adams, second president of the United States. And apparently old Ben was kind of a perv. Because he hung out yeah. in France during a lot of the war. And oh, the, God, yeah. And uh, Adams goes over there, and there's a scene where he's in a huge bathtub with this old duchess, and they're, like, drinking wine and playing chess, and they're naked. And of course, they're taking a bath right. together, and, like, this is just normal <laughs> Ben Franklin behavior. The side of Ben that I didn't know existed, but then I did a little more reading to find out if it was historically accurate. And, yeah, he was a horn dog. He was, <laughs> he was a yeah. horn dog. He was. <laughs> Smart guy, yeah. but had his fun. 
Yeah. yeah. He was he was the equivalent of a rock star back in that age. So all he had to do was have that little bit of fame and a kite with a key attached to it to, <laughs> yeah. get, to get all the ladies turned on, I guess. Um, no, I invented you know, bifocals. <laughs> right? He, uh, he had an interesting, or there was an interesting find at his home in England uh, a number of years ago. When they were doing some restoration work, they found parts of over 100 bodies buried underneath his house. <sighs> and uh, everybody was kind of thrown by that, but what they didn't know is that he had actually sublet the house at times to a doctor. The doctor used to use these cadavers for tests and, uh, you know, used to buy cadavers and have them delivered, and then he would just dispose of them by burying them under the house. But if you go to that house in England, there's a cutout in the floor with a plexiglass top over it so you can actually see the remains that are underneath the house. Wait, pro tip, don't no. uh, go to Amazon and look up cadavers. No. <laughs> no? No. It's, uh, yeah. that's not, it's not cute. Yeah. Uh, I would guess not. Um, but, we're yeah, we, we get to do a lot of really cool stories this year, really interesting bits of history, and examine the, the hauntings that are going on there. And uh, I, I'm really excited because this season we caught some remarkable evidence, things that I think are going to really make people pause and, and consider what they think they know about uh, life and death. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked. This is, uh, is going to be a good season. And we got 13 episodes this year. Wow. So we'll... We'll be airing every Thursday until, like, February, I think. Um, now, what did you get for the... How many episodes did you do in the first season, David? We did 10 episodes in the first season and 13 episodes this season. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll stay in that, because that's usually the, the roundhouse. 13 to 26 episodes yep. is what they usually look for. Um, but 13 really works nicely, because you're on the road a lot. And it's uh, five days straight of about 10 to 12-hour days working. So I, uh, I I like doing the 13 episodes. I hope if we get picked up again that that's what uh, what our, our deal will be, another 13 for season three. But uh, either way, I'm looking forward to it, and it's it's been absolutely mind-blowing, like I said. Uh, and I, I actually get to involve one of my kids uh, in a ghost hunt this year at, at a very famous haunting. Um, I, my daughter, as you know, uh, Doug, is a diabetic, and... Yep. Uh, one of the uh, cases we investigate is a little girl who is very close to my daughter's age who did not survive her Ugh. bout with diabetes. And uh, I, I had my daughter record a couple of videos asking questions, and we played the videos so that the little girl could hear my daughter's voice and hopefully respond, and we got some interesting responses to our experiments at, uh, at the Franklin Castle in Ohio. So it's going to be a good episode. That's, very that's close too. to home. That's gonna, that that yeah. must have been tough. It was. As a matter of fact, I felt really bad because, you know, you got to pull it together. And uh, I don't know how the episode's going to come together, but I bawled like a baby through, you know, a, a number of interviews. Um, well, when, you, when you have the final uh, strike party when the show's over in 10 years, the, the crew will probably just play those clips. Yeah, I'm sure of me just bawling and blubbering. But it was, you know, it, it, I didn't realize that the little girl had died of diabetes complications. And when we were filming this was... The uh, I hate to call it an anniversary because that sounds like a happy thing, but it was the same day that uh, two years prior we almost lost my daughter. Oof. And I just kind of oh, yeah, lost it right. during the filming a few times and, and cried um, thinking about the story and, and this poor little girl So uh, and what her family went through with that loss. But it was uh, it's it's a, a really interesting season. We, we employ a lot of different tools and technology, investigative techniques, and, and just try to have some fun with the paranormal and 
I think we got some great results this year that, uh, like I said, we'll, we'll have people really kind of rocking back in their chair or taking a look at what we were able to capture. So I have to ask you, how is your daughter doing? Is she adapting? She is. It's, uh, you know, it's tough because when you're a kid, it sucks enough to have something like that and then, you know, not be able to just eat what she wants, do what she wants when she goes to her friend's house and has to stop to measure and and do all that and then take shots. So, you know, that's been a sticking point for her um, and and irritating to her, but she's, she's doing well. We've got it pretty well under control, and she's been doing much better since uh, our accident two years ago where we almost lost her. So she's, that was a plus. She's six, 16 now, right? No, she's about to turn 14. Oh. In, uh, oh. In yeah, November. I was going to say I thought she was about 11 when it. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. I thought she was yeah. For some older reason, I thought already. she was older, too. Yeah. Huh. Well, I have another daughter, Pacey who's here, who's uh, 15 years old. Oh, okay. She's about to turn 16 after the, uh, in February, so okay. she's closer to that mark. But, yeah, we've got uh, we've got quite the spread of ages in our household, yeah. so everything from uh, I guess eight we years just old got them confused. To, yeah. yeah, 18. Yeah. Hmm. So that's, uh, that's what's going on. Now, I know Timmy Lammers couldn't join you today, and he usually talks uh, entertainment and movies, so I geared up and I watched a couple of uh, new movies that have been released direct to Amazon Prime, and I don't know what your, what your break looks like. We could talk about it after the break if you want, but I saw the movie Evil Eye and The Lie. You know what? L- let's take a break right now, and we'll come back, and you can do your Tim Lammers imitation. <laughs> Excellent. Sounds good. We'll be right back. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. I'm not. Oh, now I'm back. We are back with Diamond Dave Schrader filling in for Tim Lammers. What have you been watching? What's cool? What's good? Well, looking for, uh, you know, things slanted for this time of season. Blumhouse has stepped up. Since none of us can get out to movie theaters or shouldn't be out at movie theaters right now, uh, the, the people that have brought you the Conjuring movies, Sinister, all of that, they've started launching horror movies, part of the uh, Into the Blumhouse series. And a few weeks ago, they released a movie called The Lie and Black Box. Now, I didn't see Black Box, but my co-host on Darkness Radio, Tim Dennis, gave it a solid three and a half out of five stars, so it was a good psychological thriller. Um, that's all I know about The box, a Black Box. I haven't seen that one. But I did see The Lie, which was really an intriguing movie. And uh, it's, it, it kind of puts you in this moral quandary question through most of the movie. What would you do? 
if in a moment of frustration your young daughter did something that could horribly influence the rest of her life, to what lengths would a parent go to cover up for that or protect them? And it has some strange twists and turns as the uh, movie progresses. Uh, Joey King is the young girl who plays uh, who plays the lead in this movie. She was in the Conjuring movie. She was the little girl in the wheelchair from uh, Gaz, the Great and Powerful. She's in the new series, uh, those movies on Netflix, The Kissing Booth. It's a really well done movie. It, it kind of keeps you in the whole time watching this estranged couple trying to figure out how to deal with their daughter. Um, it's like I said, it's it's a bizarre twist. But what I noticed a strange deal with Blumhouse. They have a movie coming out later this month called Freaky, which is a twist of the Freaky Friday plot, mm-hmm. where Vince Vince Vaughn plays a serial killer. And he attacks a young girl, and by using this mystical knife, somehow while attacking her, they swap bodies. So now the serial killer is trapped in the body of this gorgeous young girl, and Vince Vaughn is uh, an adult man with a young girl's soul. And and it looks like it's going to be kind of a comical horror slash-and-dash movie. So that's a, a take on the Freaky Friday premise from Disney. This one, I said, uh, the lie was kind of a, a twisted take on the Parent Trap movie from Disney. It, uh, the, the way this couple kind of slowly comes back together while trying to deal with this trauma. And uh, so it's, it, I, I gave that a good four out of five stars. I thought it was well acted. It's a little slow in the pacing. That's the only reason I didn't go a little bit higher. But if people are looking for a good suspense thriller, uh, The Lie, now on Amazon Prime Video, is a good one to start with. And then this last week, they released two new movies, Nocturne and The Evil Eye. And I jumped on the chance to watch Evil Eye because it was a different culture. It was um, uh, Pakistani uh, people, the, the movie is based around. It is easy to follow. Uh, the, the family lives back in what New Delhi, I think, and the daughter lives in New York. And the mother's obsessed with finding a husband for her daughter. And you find out why this mother has such an obsession through this entire thing. But things don't, as, as is always the case in a Blumhouse movie, don't always turn out as you would hope they do. And it gets really weird really fast. There's elements of the paranormal, psychological. You're questioning what's real and what's not through a lot of the movie. It's, it's really well done. I liked it. It was a step outside of the normal, and I love looking at kind of the paranormal from a, a different perspective and a different belief system. And the evil eye, I felt really really came in strong. So I give it a good three and a half out of five stars for uh, what you're looking for again for this time of year. Now, Tim wasn't as pleased with Nocturne, which is kind of two sisters pitted against each other and what one is willing to do. And I think you'll appreciate this, Doug, with your love of music as well. It has that very 27 club feel to it mm-hmm. with one daughter making, carving out a deal with the devil to be better and what happens to them. Um, he said it was well acted, but the story kind of languished. Uh, and he, I think, gave it two and a half uh, or two and three quarter stars out of five. So those are the four new movies from Blumhouse that are out there. Black Box, uh, The Lie, you've got Evil Eye and Nocturne. So there's some options for you if you're looking to uh, kind of shut in and start watching some creepy movies. Freaky comes out later this month, I think around October 26th or 28th uh, with Vince Vaughn. And one other series I'll mention, um, if you have DC Universe, 
there is the series Swamp Thing, and I think you can find it on different platforms and rent it. It is um, a turn on a, on a darker DC comic book character called Swamp Thing. And the series is very dark, very horror-themed. Throughout, You've got swamp creatures, you've got ghosts, you've got possession. Uh, it's a really, really cool series. Very well-acted, great special effects. The weird thing is, when they launched it, after the first episode was launched, they canceled the series and said there would be no more. And now CW stepped up and picked up season two. So that began on the CW to what I heard was record-breaking uh, ratings. So you can catch up on season one of Swamp Thing and now catch season two on CW. But those are definitely worth a watch for this time of season as well if you're looking for a good spooker and good character-driven, spooky, well-acted, and uh, and good uh, special effects. Dave, can I ask you a question? Have you sure. have you watched anything in say the last ten years that didn't involve murders, ghosts, <laughs> amputation, yes. dismemberment, last disbowelment? Night, I watched I watched Hamilton, but at the end I did want to gouge my own ears out. Yeah. So, you didn't, you no, didn't I, like it, huh? No, you know I did. Here, here's the thing: I liked the I liked the movie Hamilton, the musical. Um, I just wasn't impressed with the lead guy that plays Hamilton, the guy that wrote the play. He he was the weakest voice. Oh, the, Manuel Noriega. Yeah, he just doesn't doesn't name. do it for me. Everybody else in the play was great and had beautiful Broadway voices, but I guess if you want to be a Broadway star, write an amazing play and an amazing musical, and then cast yourself in the lead role. That's that's how it came off to me. But oh, I love all kinds of music, uh, musicals and and different programs, and uh, we we powered through many different uh, series like Parks and Rec and and uh, things like that while we've been in lockdown this year. So I've, I've definitely checked out many other things besides just the spookers. But come on, Doug, it's October. Yeah, no, it's I October. get it. This is your season. If you can't make money now in the paranormal hey. world, you should give it up. Andy, Andy right. and I just watched uh, Final Destination 5 with yes, Tom on Saturday. Yep, yeah, with, with that. We just randomly decided we wanted to watch number five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was that was your pick out of the entire series. Were you pleased with that choice? Yeah. Yeah, actually. We didn't uh, know about the uh, the ending. Do you know mm-hmm. about the whole uh, yep. cycle thing? Yeah. yeah. That yep. was cool. Yep. Yeah. We watched yeah, it, what? and we were like, hey, they brought it full circle. So at That's the end cool. of Final Destination 5, I mean, I feel like spoiling it at this this point is kind it's, of like yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's 10 years old. Like, it's, it's 10 fine. years old, and it's also <laughs> Final Destination 5, so, you know, whatever. So they're, they're on a plane, and a bunch of people start freaking out and get ousted from the plane. And they're like, oh, what was that about? And they said they had a premonition that the plane was going to explode. And, of course, it then does explode. Uh, it's their flight to Paris that they're taking. At the beginning right. of Final Destination 1, they are on a flight to Paris that they have a premonition about having a disaster, so they get ousted from the plane. So the end of Final Destination 5 is the beginning of Final Destination 1. So you can just watch them yeah. over and over forever. So you can just, yeah, circle it up. What I hear, though, All they are coming back with another Final Destination. Are they? Are they? I don't, I don't know how they're going to fit that in. Yeah. For real. Because yeah. they, they yeah, ended it. I mean, you clearly could tell that they ended it. They made it very to make final. It the last yeah. one. They even have a countdown of all the uh, the uh, yeah. movies at the end. It's like, how do you? Well, how do you actually, go forward from saying, "Hey guys, this is the end." <laughs> yeah, for real. Actually, the thing that we loved about the beginning or about the the uh, number five is the beginning. 
They literally go yeah. through every single death in the entire series. Yeah, they like, like have, show yep. you it. They'll at have the a beginning. log coming at the screen, which represents when someone got you know crushed by a log in one of the movies. It's yeah. all very abstract. It's very cool. Yeah, that yeah. how they did it. It was actually a very well shot movie. Yeah. It is. And, you know, here's what I say. You never say never, right, because they're coming out with another Saw movie. They're doing things like that where they That's said they've true. wrapped it up. And I think, and Doug, you know the entertainment business, uh, right? All these people that said never are suddenly scrambling to take programs and things that they said they wouldn't do again. Michael Keaton is returning as Batman for wow. the Flash oh, wow. movie. Yeah, you've what? got... Um, as long, as, as, long yeah. as Robert De Niro doesn't do Dirty Grandpa 2, oh, I'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you even have Michael C. Hall returning in a special 10-part Dexter series on Showtime. Oh, wow. Um, a lot of actors that swore off roles. Ben Affleck said he was done with Batman. He has signed on to come back as Batman. Cavill signed off, said he wasn't going to do Superman stuff. He's coming back as Superman. When you realize, oh, my pockets are as deep as I thought they yeah. are, and COVID has crushed me, I'll take any of these jobs mm-hmm. that are guaranteed winners to bring me cash. So a lot of people are coming back to the surface to, to cull the familiar uh, deal. I think we're also going to see a turn with what's going on with the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Uh, mm-hmm. it is, it's a good bet for them, um, HBO Max or HBO Plus has uh, decided to re-release the Justice League movie, the original cut um, with uh, Snyder. He he was he stopped production of it because I believe his son died during the making of the movie. They oh, turned it over terrible. then to Joss Whedon, who had had a lot of success with the Avengers movies. But the movie seemed disjointed and poorly put together. So the Snyder cut has been promised for a while, and because the public kept demanding it, DC and everybody yielded. So I think they're investing $70 million to create a new version of it, but it's going to be um, like a miniseries, like from my understanding, a three- or four-part mm. miniseries with everything that they're adding back into that. And some of the key actors have come back to shoot scenes, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, uh, or Gal Gadot and, and a couple of the other characters. So you're going to get a new look at that, and I think we're going to start seeing more of that. We're going to see directors going back in and, kind of giving them the George Lucas tweak, yeah. making the movie the way yeah. they want now. <laughs> and and that'll be a cheaper way to re-release a movie. You hit into these live streaming platforms, I think it's going to be a cheaper route, and we're going to get to see alternate versions. And people have been willing to accept that. Look, they, they released Halloween a few years ago with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis reprising her role for getting every movie that happened after the first Halloween she starred in, as though none of those occurred this one picks up right after that, and there are three movies slated. There's Halloween, Halloween uh, Dies or something. There's, there's three in this new serial. But it's like we're willing to forgive what has happened before and pick up from this point. And that's what a lot of directors are doing. But I think that's going to be kind of the, the wave of the future with uh, entertainment on uh, movies and, and uh, programs like that. They're just going to go back in and... and go with something they know is successful and will bring them money. Okay, a final question, and then we got to sign off here. Is it a trait of all movie reviewers that you can talk for five minutes without taking your breath? Tim Lammers does that all the time. I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> I told you, I was filling in for Tim Lammers today. You it's did an important thing. You did an I, ex- I, I, Go ahead. 
I took the Sinatra route. I breathe in through the corner of my mouth while speaking so Excellent. that uh, I can keep that the same deal. Hey, let me mention one thing. Listen to Darkness Radio, best in paranormal talk radio. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, you can find information at darknessradio.com or any of the providers that you use for your podcasts. Just look for Darkness Radio. Guys, have a safe and happy season, and uh, thanks a lot for having me on today. I miss you, bud. It's been a long time since I've even had a chance to talk to you. Thanks for being on the show, and we're going to take a break, and in 10 minutes we'll fire up Car Selling Secrets with our special guest star, Larry Moon Thompson.